At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber's out west, live from Goldman's Communicopia Conference in San Francisco. A lot from David later on this morning and just a few minutes. Meantime, futures add to the sell-off yesterday on the Russell, at least, on these concerns of slowing growth, higher rates, higher oil. Getting a slight reprieve on those fronts today. Ten years still four and a quarter. Brent back below 90. Our roadmap begins with the Fed. Expectations after a slew of data. Boston's Fed president, the latest to call for patience, while warning that further hikes may be necessary. More regulatory headwinds picking up for big tech with the FTC set to sue Amazon, DOJ versus Google, and the EU cracking down on these so-called gatekeepers. And then AMD's Lisa Sue says the AI market is skyrocketing. Who is set to benefit the most? Speaking of which, David, sounds like that's a heck of a way to kick off the conference. Yeah, uh, Lisa Sue will get to her comments from yesterday. Of course, we've got a lot of speakers here today, and we're also going to be able to sit down with John Stanky, of course, the man who runs AT&T, talk about the uh, environment for wireless right now. Uh, Bob Backish from Paramount, plenty of things to discuss there, including the writers and actors strike, not to mention that dispute between uh, Disney and Charter. I'm sure Bob will have some thoughts about that. Mike Sievert later today from T-Mobile. And then tomorrow, David Solomon. Of course, it is a Goldman conference, and he will be my guest as well, following a spate of uh, somewhat negative stories about uh, Mr. Solomon a couple of weeks back, as you guys know. Also be monitoring what's going on at the conference, Carl. Brian Roberts, uh, of course, the man who runs Comcast, will be one of the first presenters here this morning at 7.30. Certainly going to want to see what he has to say as well uh, about any number of different issues facing that company and the broader landscape. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, David, I mean, we should all be out there. What are we doing here? I mean, like doing our fantasy drafts? I mean, that's unbelievable what he's got going. You are going to have some unbelievable interviews, and I can't wait to, especially because, David, wouldn't you say that the dispute between Disney and Charter is somewhat existential? It does it does feel significant. There's no doubt about it, Jim. And I think it's funny because it sort of broke last week and it may not have gotten quite as much attention as you otherwise would have expected. Um, but it's starting to pick up. I know as a Jets fan, for example, it just occurred to me that Monday Night Football is not going to be available to me. And that's going to be a problem. So I you know, do it, think I, that, you know, you're going to you're going to they're going to come. Chris Winfrey, relatively new CEO uh, at Charter, is going to have a big decision to make. But the question that you raise, saying that word existential, is the video business barely makes any money. It makes some, right. but it doesn't make a lot. And this may be that jumping off point. That's the question we're asking. And then, of course, that would be bad news for the overall bundle yet again. One reason why Warner Brothers Discovery stock, Paramount stock, and Comcast stock, by the way, even though we're on both sides of this, uh, have been down in recent sessions. Yeah, everyone has to balance it. I mean, if there was, there's a Phillies game on Comcast, but you've got to pay a little extra for Peacock. Uh, there's uh, Big Ten, a Michigan game. We just saw uh, a walk-on from Michigan who was feted by Delta. Now, 
But I think, David, one of the things you've got to look at, besides the fact that the Bills have an unbelievable defense and that game has significance, is Texas-Alabama, U.S. Open Finals, versus what I'm hearing, which is that Charter was saying, listen, fine, we'll do a deal. But we want ESPN Plus and we want Disney Plus, and we want to give it for free. David, that could be like $4 billion in in spend. I mean, this thing is, I know that you're not directly involved in this, but I think every one of the people that you're speaking to has to know that if this is where we're going, is the customer going to be angry at Disney or at Charter? Right. I think they're going to be angry at Charter, uh, their distributor at this point. The question, though, becomes, do you really drop your entire service? Is it an opportunity for uh, AT&T, if they've got fiber in your area, or Fios uh, with Verizon to come in and take a customer from you entirely? Or do you just drop video and go to YouTube TV the way I very well may? So, Carl, you know, we'll see. But it's, it is an important question. It's one we've got to watch closely. Brian Roberts may speak to it a bit this morning in his remarks as well. Um, but again, it goes back to this story we've been watching for years now, which is the slow and now not nearly so slow uh, disassemblage of the bundle, and this could be an important moment. We'll see. I don't know where I'll be watching that game on Monday, but I'm going to watch it no matter what. (laughs) Yes, and we'll talk about some of the price cuts at Disney+. Plus. Some of these prices, uh, at least on a short-term basis, are are pretty cheap. We'll talk about that in a bit. Let's get to the broader markets, though. Futures, as we said, point to a lower open. S&P is coming off the worst daily performance in a couple of weeks. Russell down two, Jim. Uh, there was a lot of corporate supply, which sort of got discussed in the realm of Treasury discussions yesterday. Yeah, look, I, I, I tweeted something this morning, which is that you've got to see oil go back down. And you have to see rates go back down. Rates are tame today. Oil is tame today, but not tame enough. You really need to see a real pullback, especially in rates, because what people are saying, listen, there's too much supply. The numbers are, are, are still too high. We had the great statements from Collins this morning and Steve Eastman got. You know what, Carl, the beginning of September is playing to form. The industrials really rolled over yesterday. Uh, you saw uh, mega cap tech do well. I mean, you know, that's that period that we have right now where. Dollar strength. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's like Meta goes up for why reason? We had no reason for Meta to be going up other than perhaps that, you know, that there's some uh, TikTok criticism because of, China, because of how much we dislike China right now. Uh, but I do not think that you can mount a significant rally unless you get both interest rates down and oil down. Uh, meantime, you know, David is at Communicopia, but there's a bunch of there's the Barclays. They were going to have Jeffrey's uh, industrial conferences kicking off. We got two companies this morning. Southwest. Yeah. Uh, that was terrible. Enough. Yep. Uh, talking about higher fuel costs, cutting oh, Rasm guide. August leisure bookings below are at the low that end was, of target. Was, there wasn't anything good in that one. And then and then General Mills cutting uh, pet pet revenue guide. What a fantastic downgrade we had yesterday of General Mills. I mean, you know, General Mills that that. Was both that was a blue buff home run. Now, initially, when they bought it, the stock went down. They had to issue shares for buying back a huge amount of stocks higher. But uh, pet food has been the savior of a lot of companies. And, and I mean, even when I when I looked at, um, at at Smucker, I thought pet food was okay. And by the way, Zoetis has been a win, but that's not that's just animal food. I mean, animal uh, health. But no, uh, pet food's gotten too expensive. And one of the things that you often think about when you're someone who's a stray dog lover, it's like I'll look in the refrigerator and my wife will have stuff that, you know, for me, it's like $2.99. And then the dog stuff, $4.99. We're switching that because the dogs don't know the difference. 
And that's one of the things I've learned. If you rate new improved on a, a can of food for a dog, he's not impressed. Uh, David, it does sort of raise the question about at least what the color of corporate presentations are going to be at all these conferences this week. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and, you know, you're obviously a lot of questions around sort of the broader economy at certain uh, for certain CEOs um, and AI. I mean, as you know, guys know, I would note Lisa Sue yesterday speaking very positively of course, a frequent guest of ours uh, and of Jim's um, at AMD. Uh, take a listen to what she had to say in terms of sort of around AI, especially given the planned introduction of a chip that they say will compete with NVIDIA in the not too distant future. Our first, second and third priority are around AI, AI and AI. I think we have the confluence of events right now where you have a market that is uh, skyrocketing, and then you also have um, our technology that it's very, very well positioned, uh, particularly around these uh, largest language models and, and what you need uh, for AI in this space. But even since our last earnings call, I would say over the last 30 days, what we've seen is a continued acceleration of those engagements, and a number of those engagements have now turned into customer commitments, uh, which we're really excited about. You know, Jim, I'm, there's obviously uh, the enthusiasm around AI, broadly speaking, has certainly been one of the building blocks for, um, for this market. I'm curious, both specific to your thoughts about AMD uh, and then more broadly speaking as well in terms of whether and if it's still sustainable, that, that some of that enthusiasm that we've talked about, obviously, for, for many, there, many months. There's a, a fantastic roadshow half-hour video uh, about a about doesn't mention AMD. It's about ARM, and it's talking about the significance of how far ahead ARM is when it comes to being partners with Nvidia, which is obviously the leader. They've got the CPU that burns much less hot and is much faster than what Lisa Sue has. Now, I have tremendous respect for Lisa Sue. Uh, she does talk about how strong the PC market is. That was new for me. Uh, she talks and affirms that the Xilinx deal is good. She may be speaking AI, 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 but ARM is doing AI, AI, AI. And I think that ARM is the undervalued one in this. And it's very important, David, that people focus on what Renee Haas has to say, because it's backed up by Jensen Wong. And when you have Jensen Wong saying twice in your video that he likes this company, I think that ARM trumps AMD right now. Really? Really, yes. I'm I'm somewhat surprised yes. to hear that. I mean, this thing burn, could come out at a 50, 55 billion dollar value, Jim. And hey. you know, when you look at it, and obviously they did have your year-over-year comparisons are not necessarily applicable, but nonetheless, and they are talking about significant growth. I understand that. Right. But where do you get to a number that gives gets you comfortable beyond, let's call it a 50 plus billion dollar value? Well, for it ARM? may it may not pop. But that's Renee Haas actually being very conservative. I think what people have to realize is that there is the Holy Grail, which is Grace Hopper, which is the code name for what people are putting together for a supercomputer. It's what, by the way, Elon Musk says is the great challenge that nobody can equal that Jensen's done. And Jensen had a choice of doing a CPU. It's about 10% CPU, 90% GPU. He's GPU. And he chose ARM. He did not cho choose AMD. And you know I have tremendous respect right. for AMD, but I think that when you listen to what Jensen says about ARM, you're going to say, wait a second, I can't continue to back the horse of AMD the way I was when I hear how much faster ARM is and how much 
the burn is so much lower. And Jensen, can, can, Jensen has always been about waste. He's always been about burn. And he is saying that ARM is better and is significant to me, even as a big AMD backer, David. Yeah. Yeah, I know you are. That's, that's interesting to hear. Yeah, and Carl, we big. should remind everyone, this is going to be the biggest IPO of the year. Um, SoftBank obviously will still control ARM, but it's going to be priced next on the 13th and will begin trading on the 14th. And obviously we'll be following it quite closely. Yep. And unfortunately, Carl, it, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but uh, it's the date of the strike deadline for the autos. So you've got, I think that you'll see tech in supreme mode but you may see some really bad news about this, what the president said, something not to worry about, which is what I think is going to be the strike that is like a 1950s-like strike with this Sean Fain saying things about capitalism that we are not used to hearing. Fat cats, billionaires, people who own stock, they've made too much. It's time for the workers to make money. You know what? I remember this period. It was uh, the period when it was... It, it was Trotsky time. Remember, the workers are supposed to own the means of production. The language that I'm hearing from Fain is remarkable, like Lev Bronstein, also known as Trotsky. You've not made a call as to whether or not they go after Stellantis as a pattern. Stellantis or- is the one that is so belligerent. Meanwhile, when you're watching sports, at not the Michigan game, because I didn't have the, the right uh, relegant programming, but... When you're watching sports, you're watching Ford ads, and the Ford ads are about how much it embraces the workers. It's not about how great the Bronco is. I wish we were, you know, I'm not buying a car because of the, I'm not getting the Bronco because of the workers. That's a good point. Uh, Still to come this morning, we'll talk more about the latest in big tech regulation as the FTC now reportedly setting its sights on Amazon. We'll get details on that. Take a look at the pre-market here. We'll get to uh, Moderna, Zscaler, Roku, AMC, some calls on Chewy and Stars when we come back. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now. A lot of news in the world of regulation this morning, including the Journal now reporting the FTC uh, could file an antitrust suit against Amazon at the end of this month after Amazon officials did not offer concessions to the FTC to pursue a settlement over antitrust claims. Meanwhile, Jim, we got the EU uh, declaring, uh, what, six, seven companies as gatekeepers, a bunch of tech giants, including ByteDance. Look, I have always felt that the Europeans are about getting a check written. I, I, I think that the fatuous nature of what the FTC has done flies in the face of what I thought they were beginning to do when they allowed the Amgen deal with Horizon. Uh, I've read through uh, what uh, the FTC chair wrote about Amazon a few years ago, uh, and it was immature. Uh, It lacked any rigor whatsoever. 
Uh, and by the way, uh, when we think about antitrust, what we should be thinking about is the consumer uh, and whether the consumer pays more or less. Uh, and I always find this kind of analysis to be so lacking, uh, given the fact that Amazon has been perhaps the greatest price cutter in history. Now, there is issues of tying. I think it's funny because in the interim, Harvey Finkelstein's Shopify doesn't deal with Amazon. It is the opposite of tying. I feel that I worry about the Justice Department's case against Google because they, too, have newfound competition since that was filed. So uh, the FTC can do it at once. Uh, I know that there are probably people who feel if they break it up, it's worth a lot more. Uh, I think that when you, when you order something in the morning and it comes in the evening, uh, you don't think of the FTC as, as your friend. You think of the FTC as a, as a British regulator just trying to get a check. And that isn't what she wants. I mean, Lita Khan had, uh, had some relatively, again, uh, lacking rigor thoughts, very ill-advised. I thought that she was beginning to make a, a, a more of an instinct with her uh, staff. But it's pathetic. Uh, David, I don't know if we've had the chance to kick around with you the notion of peak con uh, after uh, Amgen News on, what was it, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, I'm obviously, you know, listen, I think uh, we did a good job of reporting on the, the likelihood of a settlement there for quite some time. And, and strangely, they chose to issue it on the Friday before, uh, before Labor Day uh, weekend, or maybe <laughs> not. Maybe they wanted it to, to be somewhat... Uh, uh, quiet, but yeah, um, there was no real case there. I no. said that so many times, um, and Amgen was just waiting for the opportunity, obviously, to, to settle it at least. And say they wouldn't bundle, of course, which is something they said numerous times. When it comes to Amazon, though, Jim, I, I you know I do wonder. You you mentioned this uh, briefly. Stock would go up if they split this yes, company. Yes, absolutely. I, there seems to be. We can't say it with 100% certainty, but there does seem to be. A consensus that it would be a value rewarding transaction were you to split AWS and the retail business. Um, oh, yeah, because it would be, uh, by the way, cost would go up to the consumer. Thank you, Lena Khan. It would be terrific. That's just what you should have, isn't it? It's exactly the opposite of what Sherman and Clayton wanted. But then again, a lot of her so-called reasoning flies in the face of what the consumer wants. David, more interesting to me is the CNS, also known as Piggly Wiggly, deal with SoftBank, perhaps to buy some stores to make it so the Kroger-Alberson deal goes through. Now, the FTC has specifically said that they would fight anything like that because of what happened when Safeway... Uh, merge some stores with Hagway in order to be able to get the Albertson deal done, which then caused a tremendous uh, uproar when uh, you had a situation where Hagway went under in a lot of places. Right. The idea being that the divestitures in no way represent a real competitor uh, and therefore fail. And you and I both argued this is a tough deal to do. The stock in question here is Albertsons. I'm actually curious to see what it's looking like right now. Let's take a look. It's up. No, that's it's Amazon. Up. But uh, it, I would assume it's up. Listen, Jim, this this may be a real competitor, and that's going to be the key question. Does backed it constitute enough of a real competitor, and does it give right backed by SoftBank, financed by SoftBank? Does it give enough credence to their argument that this would not be uh, that this would not be any competitive? Um, We'll have to wait and see. I, I still come back to Amazon, though, and, and do wonder. If you're the company, you have to be considering it in some way, at least. You have to understand what that would look like to split the company, what the respective multiples might be, how you do it over what period of time. I mean, it's got to be something you're thinking about regardless of whether the FTC is coming after you or not. 
Well, they have spent a lot of time thinking about the many projects that they've killed. I mean, Alexa's costing them $7 billion a year, and she's a real pain in the butt. I mean, Jesus, yesterday, it's, it was 100 degrees at home. Well, thank you. I mean, for telling me what the temperature is and that I like Tchaikovsky. Well, no kidding. It's actually Brahms. I mean, you know what, David? One of the things I just find to be unbelievable is what she focuses on, what Lena Khan focuses on. I mean, she almost sits there and thinks, you know what, today I'm going to say something really stupid and let that those guys squawk on the street, say whatever they want. I am entitled to my stupid positions. Now, usually you don't say things well, like that. You should show a lot more deference. Yeah. But I'm out of the deference game. The deference game was something nope. I played. You, you, hey, by the way, tell Stanky I'm out of the deference game. Uh, yeah, you've been out of it for some time with him. I'm not going to relay Back in the 90s? Um, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, hey, listen, I, I man. Really the, what, the Jeffersonian yeah, right, thing lasted yeah. about 48 hours. Yeah, you're a new tough guy over there. I know. Yeah. Wow. Listen, yeah. Carl, AMD. The Iger sanction even, is what they even, say about me. He's the even Iger kind of sanction. moving away from Lisa Sue a little bit. Woo, I don't know. But you know it, what? You take a, you get a triple hernia, you start getting a triple schizophrenia. They're what? focused on a new antitrust regime that, that cracks down on these large platforms that have unusual amounts of power in our economy. Whether they can get judges to agree with them, of course, continues to be a real problem. <laughs> no, see, judges have rigor. I like Canner. Let's not go too far. But, I mean, a lot of judges, David, they have to deal with what I, you know, they, they got to deal with doctrine. It, 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 it gets in the way. Doctrine. Uh, that's, that seems to be the way it's been going. I didn't uh, go to law school to get stupid. Yes. Uh, coming up, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Futures here uh, stuck a little south of the uh, flat line. More squawk on the street in a moment. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. You know, Carl, a lot of people felt that one of the winners in all these different spats, say with Disney and Charter, and what we're hearing, we'll hear from David, is Roku. Uh, but people were reluctant to buy Roku because they were losing money hand over fist, and they didn't make the so-called pivot, where you had this moment, a lot of this soft, uh, enterprise software companies realized that, wow, we got to start making money. Well, they did it last night. They announced a very big head cut reduction. They're not going to do any more hiring. People thought they were going to lose $4.4 million, $2.6. I mean, they are not going to lose anything, is my prediction. And when you do that, when you make that sudden pivot, where you were going to earn, I'm sorry, let's get the right numbers. You were going to earn uh, uh, not until maybe 2026 money. Well, they're going to lose $4.40. Well, that's going to go down big. So Roku joins the ranks of companies that have said, we're going to pivot and maybe we even get positive in 2024. That, this is very good. Now, the CEO is usually not that promotional when he comes on air. This is a good number. I'll promote him. 10% cut and revenue guidance uh, tweaking a little bit higher here for the quarter. No, I mean, I think that they have a product that is in demand in an era where we're trying to put together $1,600 to be able to watch every NFL game. NFL is the battleground, and that's why I think that Disney may have the upper hand. We talk about Jets 
bills who joke about it. But it is, as Adam, my friend Adam Schefter would say, it is the golden age of football. And no, I will not be using Adam Schefter to draft in the Mad Money League tonight because he's drafting at the exact same time I'm drafting. <laughs> so I don't know if I can three-peat. I think hopefully Adam's listening. <laughs> Let's get the bell here. CNBC Real Time Exchange at the big board. It's renewable energy company, Ormat Technologies, 20th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ. SSC helps advisors and level four capital management celebrating the launch of its large cap ETF as we drift a little bit further here, Jim, from 4,500. Yeah. And you're, you're wary of September. I am. I mean, I just think, I, I, I think we just got to get through this period where interest rates are, are, they are backing up and. We have to find some level where, where Saudi Arabia says, you know what, we like Biden more than X, uh, so we don't want to cause too much of a problem. I, I don't know who that is. You never understand. The, the Saudis are very cryptic. Obviously, the Russians, it's really difficult to figure out, too, because some, some Republicans have been uh, saying that the war should end. But I do know it's, it's in the Saudis' interest, I believe, to say, okay, let's not take this too high. Right. Uh, Brent, first settle above 90 so far this year. Very, very we meaningful. do have Tropical Storm Lee, although that's more of an Atlantic storm than a, than a Gulf storm. Uh, you had uh, 2.9 million barrels added to the SPR in August, most in three years. Right. I mean, it's time to go back, I guess, the other way. I Look, by no means do I think that it's a lost cause here. But I just don't think that you're going to get it. You're not going to get rate cuts. You have oil going up, which is going to worry people. And they really crushed the industrials yesterday, which means that a lot of people feel like we're not going to be able to bridge it to the big infrastructure spend, which is still 90 percent bottled up at the states, not out there yet. Uh, watch Vulcan Materials and Martin Marietta Materials, because those are companies that make aggregates, which are rocks. Uh, rocks are not dumb. They are smart. They work in. Uh, when you're doing a housing development and they work on interstates. And those are the two things that are, are, have been the lifeblood of this economy when things have gotten tough. And this market just drifts down. It's really kind of discouraging. Yeah. Uh, David, I don't know if you heard Jim a second ago saying he thought Disney may have the upper hand here uh, in this dispute. They are cutting the price of ad-supported Disney Plus to $1.99 a month for three months. Uh, that might be a card being played here in this back and forth. You know, I, I, it's hard to know who exactly has the upper hand. You would expect that the content provider does. They almost always have in battles like this. Everyone we followed for all those years, ultimately, the distributor could, uh, capitulated. Um, and that's what makes this interesting, because it does appear, perhaps, that Charter, and, and I don't know, and I haven't spoken to uh, CEO Chris Winfrey, I'd love to. He does appear, I believe, tomorrow. Um, that, you know, they maybe, maybe they're willing to just say, we'll take the chances, that, that our broadband business is what is key for us. Uh, and ultimately, if you go to YouTube TV, we still are okay because you're going to still be using us as broadband, a product that we can continue to increase price on instead of not making our customer happy by having to increase price on our video side where we benefit not at all from that. Uh, as Jim made clear, though, Carl, a lot of this does uh, center around allowing charter customers, spectrum customers, to access the uh, ESPN Plus, the, the, the new or the the streaming apps that will are are available and will be for free. Uh, the idea being that well, if Charter has to pay for 80% of its sub base, pay those fees, why shouldn't they be able to get it when they go outside of the cable uh, bundle? So it's a, it's a key dispute here. We're going to follow it very closely and try and sort of update people. But yeah, I think you know 
the always the question always is is content still king as the late Sumner Redstone like to say over and over again it has been in all these fights in the past Jim we'll see well, whether it prevails again here you spot on David I, I think it is somewhat incredible that Charter would say to Bob Iger, "Okay, look, you got to give us dis- you got to give us ESPN Plus." As someone who uses it aggressively uh, during uh, the football season, it, it is just a total addition. It has nothing to do with regular programming. Is it really just worth throwing it in? It's a great intellectual piece of property, and I hope. Look, I, I, it, it's different from giving. From saying to Comcast subscribers, okay, listen, if you if you want the Michigan game, you got to Peacock. David, this is actual intellectual property that takes a huge amount of money to create that charges saying, hey, listen, we, we got to give it to people. And I don't know about what ESPN's worth, but a lot of it is 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 ESPN Plus. Yeah, but I mean, also, Jim, if you know that there's going to be a competing ESPN product on the market that is going to be all of it, right, all of the ESPN programming available over the top in a streaming fashion, and your charter, and that's coming in the next, let's call it, I don't know, year and a half, maybe maybe even less than that, two years. Um, you know, I haven't gotten updated, as nobody else has, I guess, from Bob Iger in terms of how he's thinking about when that will be. I just wonder what the value proposition is. And again, I can't stress enough, these are not, yes, they make some money. Our parent company, Comcast, makes some, but it's a small, small margin on the video business uh, versus, of course, broadband, which is the key product. Well, I got to tell you, if you want to watch the U.S. Open, David, I don't think you're going to say, that darn Bob Iger, he's keeping me out of the finals. I don't know if you know who Bob Iger is. I think you know that you write a check for a big company. And you're, that company does not say Disney. No, you're right. And um, I mean, listen, I got to figure out if I'm going to get YouTube TV, right? By this weekend. You don't have it yet? Because I. I You've got to be kidding. I had, it, I, I had it during the pandemic when I, you know, I needed it in the other place. But no, I don't have YouTube TV. I use, like I'm a charter subscriber across the board, by the way. I mean, you have to do it just for one place. Sake. I got the whole cable package. I got wireless. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, that, I'm paying that company a fortune. But I want to watch the Jets on Monday Night Football. Oh, and you have to. I'm going to figure I mean, out a way. your defense may be as good as the 85 Bears. That's what we're hearing. And it's, you saw what Brady said have, about Rodgers, right? Oh, my. And, yeah. you know, you may have the best wide receiver. So, yes, David, uh, I know you can't watch your son's football right now. I'm sorry, and I hope he's okay. Uh, but you can watch the Jet-Bill uh, game if you pay a little extra. Uh, yeah, well, I may have to. So, that's your point. I, I'll be, it, this is going to be the. If this goes past Monday Night Football, then we know that they're kind exactly. of. It's a different kind of a fight. Yeah, I and that's I would, why what you're saying. I mean, I would love to hear what Brian Roberts, who we work for, says about at what level do you say, okay, I, I can do this game, but not that game. At what level do, does someone say, you know what, wait a second, I'm paying Comcast to watch the Phillies. The Phillies make the playoffs, but I got to pay again? I think that's really what you got to try to figure out. I think you got, it's a tightrope. But this is not a tightrope, what's going on with Disney. This is like, okay, Disney, you're out $4 billion, And I don't know what's going to happen here. And it's amazing how much the golden age of football is going to be the determinant here. Uh, speaking of others in right. the media Although, space. Oh, sorry, guys, David, go ahead. Yeah. No, Carl, I, on the media space, I mean, the, the, the largest loser so far here has been Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, you know, a company, again, we talk about a lot. Its market cap is very small. Its debt load is very large. Um, that stock is down another 2% because of this continued fear. What is the value of these cable networks at this point in a world where you have one of the major 
distributors, the major providers of, of video, saying, we don't know anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, just take a look at what's happened. Since this yeah. dispute uh, became public a few days back, that stock has gotten whacked, Jim, hasn't it? Oh, no. It's, uh, and look, the profiles just, just keep coming with New Yorker, Barron's. One of the things, David, this strike, we don't talk enough about the strike. And uh, we're going to have a Ford uh, Stellantis GM strike. But the ugliness of this strike is very much, it's not Pullman, obviously. But, David, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, of comedies. And now I'm talking about the C-O-M-I-T-Y kind, you know? It's pretty ugly. <laughs> it is pretty ugly. Speaking of ugly, by the way, you see shares of AMC, guys? With all those shares that they're going to have to issue, um, maybe you got to split have. there. Stocks it's down. What do I got? What do we got the stock down now? Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a 10 only sixteen going on there. I guess not that. Well, you know, Adam Aaron did some. He, he did some very public uh, estate planning when the stock was in the uh, pre-split fifties. I'll tell you, I never mind a CEO comes on and says he's going to do it, uh, but the people who stuck with him after he did it. I think that they, they may have jobs in the FTC. They could be the FTC people. You know, homeschool. 40, 40 million shares is what they're going to sell. We knew they were, of course, once they resolved that dispute over the apes and everything else. But we knew but they Taylor were going to come Swift, to market. David, that was the whole Taylor idea. Taylor Swift. Right? The Taylor Swift documentary. No? Jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you tell me, I know. Sure. Okay. What do Taylor I need Swift. to know about the Taylor Swift? Sorry. Uh, it, the box office, the, the North American box office needs it, just given how lopsided this year has been. I think 56% of no. all box office is the top five films. Oh, why? No, we don't have, I mean, the, the industries. Uh, look, I'll tell you one thing, David. There was a Moffat Nathanson piece today that said advertising's up on the Internet. I thought that was something positive. Up 10%. Well, digital has been all right, hasn't it? I mean, it's not. Yeah. Has it been bad? Did no. It, no. And people still talk about shows. They do. I mean, people talk about hijacked. People talk about lioness. I mean, you know, everybody still. There's watercolor. To, you know what, David? Netflix, which was up again. Netflix somehow has become the Nvidia of entertainment. Does it? Does it bother people? Is there Schadenfreude, or is there just? Uh, Genuine um, love and affection. I, I don't know what the heck is going on there. I don't know either. I don't know either. But I'll, I'll ask people here. I guess it's a good day to be at a media conference. I mean, you got to make some calls. All the stuff we've been talking about. Not unlike about. the uh, August I gotta make- 18th show in 2015 when David said, "Wait, wait a second. Bristol Myers is down 25 percent. I got to leave and got to make some calls." It's one of those situations. Uh, speaking it, of others it, it always uh, is. In, in the yeah. media space, watch Apple today. Uh, it's riding a win streak, Jim, of a seven straight. That's the longest since March of last year. Interesting piece in the journal today that China has told government officials not to bring their iPhones into the office. And that of was a very strange story. You, you talked about China with the Commerce Secretary on Mad Money last night. Take a listen. business leaders are practical and pragmatic. They've been doing business in China for decades. They do business all over the world in some difficult places, but they do need a level playing field. They can't operate and think that there's going to be a raid on their business and they're not going to be told exactly what they did wrong. Well, Apple's got 7.3 of the business that went up after the Huawei sanctions. 
Uh, Apple in, in China is by uh, China for China, so it's a very ill-advised fight, I think. Uh, but I know that the Chinese government was busy uh, playing with the meme stocks. They had Chinese meme stocks were up big. Evergrande was up big. Yes, yes. But what they got? I'm calling one called Town and Country. I'm creating it right now. It sounds like a total perfect housing development, right? I, I mean, honestly, all the Chinese stock. David, have you been following what happens when you get a when you get a Chinese sector comes down, and then suddenly they're penny stocks, and the government obviously encourages them. Not unlike when the government told people when they were selling in, t- in 2015 that that may be a mistake, and they jailed some sellers. That's interesting, yeah. right? When you jail okay. sellers. Yes. We need jail some sellers that said, and Jim, there are there are some there are some fundamental reasons that people could cite at least for thinking that Chinese stocks are cheap and this may be an opportunity. Well, uh, I mean, the David, you taught me that the common the stock. You're laughing. The common stock of Evergrande, David. What are you like? No, maybe some of the other. I'm not uh, saying tranches. I'm not saying Evergrande. You're not I'm saying Evergrande. Well, it's but up big list. The overall night. market, there may be some opportunities. I know. Yeah, well, the well Evergrande's they, the GameStop of uh, apartments, right? It's GameStop. Meanwhile, the more discussion of the Huawei Kirin so-called chip breakthrough on yes. the 7 nanometer. Oh, please, I the 7. Sold Congressman to you. McCall today saying it's likely that China did violate, or that SMIC did violate some sanctions. Well, you can take the 7 all you want. Lucy Sue's talking about the 3, and uh, Jensen Wong is talking about... Uh, Moore's law being dead, and he's got much more powerful chips. And I think that people really have to focus on the idea that a seven nanometer is yesterday. It's an old chip. It's kind of like listening to, uh, you know, Yankee highlights. You know what I mean? Kind of Yankee highlights. Talk about Stanton. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't say Yankee highlights. I don't know. That highlight? No, you don't say that either. Um, as far as uh, sell-side calls, Jim, I, I thought of you, uh, TD Cowan ups uh, uh, Constellation. Uh, yes. Outperform, goes that's to 300. Very big uh, charitable trust name. Obviously, that's Modelo. Uh, that's also uh, an ins- a, that's one of those situations where Elliott got involved and they got rid of the two, uh, two classes of stock when they bought out the Sands family. They spent a lot of money that costs a lot. Uh, and it was heightened, and people feel that there's going to be a buyback. I want to caution, by the way, that alcohol itself selling is bad. Diageo hit a 52-week low last night because people feel that Munjaro and Wigovi make it so that alcohol is less just appealing. Like, well, alcohol, you know, it's like, yeah, people aren't drinking it. That's very bad for the real heavy spirits. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Chewy a moment ago. Uh, we'll see if it bounces off a 23 for good because Argus goes to buy, I think, 30 Ill times. She's ill-timed yep. after the General Mills comments. I mean, I would I, I would sell Chewy. I, look, I think Suman Singh is terrific, but you don't buy Chewy on a day when General Mills says pet food is soft. And then you finally, um, uh, Square, Block, UBS goes to neutral. They cut wow. the target 40 bucks. That They're, was amazing. They traded in for toast. Oh, to- toast. If they ever run a restaurant, those sons of... I mean, you know, when you're... Like, you're, you run a restaurant, and someone knocks on the door and says, what kind of uh, point of sale do you use? And you'll say, well, I use caviar. They say, okay, well, listen, uh, we'll give you ours free for six months. I mean, one of the things that was interesting about the toast was that they keep signing people up. But let me tell you something. The point of sale is something that we call in the business football. 
everybody will come in and tell you, hey, listen, we can do better than the other guy. So Toast is not a buy. Uh, Block has done uh, has been losing steam, not unlike PayPal. This is a MasterCard Visa moment. It's just like the old days. And Michael Meebach at MasterCard is the man. He's the guy I think has much more of a uh, a presence of what's working. Look at that stock. Yeah. That's where the action yeah, is. I like winners, not losers. It's just my predilection. It's your thing. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some final composite PMIs. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Yes, good morning, Carl. We have ISM coming up at the top of the hour, but these are S&P Global PMIs. These are final reads, so we toss out the mid-month read. In this case, the services PMI was 51.0. It deteriorates a half a point to 50.5, 50.5. That's the second weakest number of the year, but it is up over 57 out of the eight months thus far. If we look at the composite PMI, it was 50.4 mid-month. It now moves to 50.2. And that is the weakest since February when it was 50.1. And just like services, seven out of the eight months have been above 50, although barely as we can see. We're going to continue to monitor these because we all know they have been getting on the weak side. And if you look toward Europe, theirs have been extremely weak. Is this a leading indicator? Is this going to add the recession talk? We'll have to wait and see, and Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. Bunch of Tesla news uh, this morning. You've got uh, Musk on the cover of Time. you got this mm. journal piece about how he borrowed a billion from SpaceX the same month as the Twitter deal. And then you got Deutsche uh, talking about some risk to street expectations as they do adjust pricing uh, to keep volume intact. But they remain bullish on the long-term story, reiterate the buy. Uh, it's still an inside day here. Uh, yesterday's low was 244. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Your record's not going to be. Do you think, can it be done again? It's going to take a lot. I mean, I know what I put into it. I think if someone else is willing to put that into it, um, I have a lot of respect for that because it was a big challenge. It's, but it's luck, like, and not luck, but the ball, the, you know, things have to happen. The right a lot time. of it, yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of things that, that you can't control. Almost yeah. serendipitous. It, it's amazing, but but then again, it was you that did it. I mean, it was us. It yeah. was us. us. Like any, yeah. you know, like any great team, it's everybody. You said There's, Mahomes. I think Patrick's phenomenal, and I think there's, Joe Burrow. Joe's incredible player. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a great player here for the Jets. That's going to be fun. Some great right? mornings. It's going to be fun. Yeah, so I think you know. And he's a be, young guy. Aaron he's Rogers. younger than I am, for sure. <laughs> but he's you know 18th year, 19th year, something like that. He's had a lot of consistent level of uh, of success too. He's an amazing player. NFL legend Tom Brady on Squawk today ahead of the start of another NFL season. Meanwhile, Delta is naming the uh, Super Bowl MVP a quarterback as a strategic advisor for the company today. You can imagine if he starts doing uh, when he starts doing internal comms. He'll rally the troops. Yeah, I think he is the greatest of all time, so there's really not much to it. I know the Eagles play the Patriots, and I always remember those games and how vicious they were. We did beat them in 2018. Yes, yes. Uh, You'll never forget it. No, never. I cried. 700,000 views in that crying. (laughs) Um, Now, I I just want to point on a a stop trading that's important. Zscaler reported a great number last night. There were people who felt that the, um, the recurring revenue was not good enough. Uh, of the future, I think that was wrong. The stock was down a dollar and a half when it started, but when it first reported last night, it was up 12. I thought it was a good quarter, not as good as CrowdStrike's quarter. I've got George Kurtz on tonight, but uh, a lot of the discussion was just how high the bar was, uh, given uh, Palo Alto and CrowdStrike. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, look, Nikesh Aurora really is, you know, he is Tom Brady. I, look, I, I, I have, I'm one of those people who does have. I think Tom Brady's great, and there are a lot of people who, have, uh, who are jealous, and a lot of people just think that he doesn't carry himself well. 
I don't know. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, it's a little dark cheater like as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Well, how about tonight? We're going to tackle. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk to Kurtz. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out whether we have to focus on Hertz. Brady was in a Hertz ad. Then there was this kind of negative piece today about Hertz and electric cars. But I know that uh, Steve Schur has assured me that things are fine there. Uh, what I have to focus on is I'm doing a fantasy draft tonight on my show of who's, what player is what. And Mahomes feature, features prominently. It's a two-quarterback league. And then we've got the slump of Dick on night. It starts at 8. And I drew, I drew the 11th hole, which just made it so that my life is... Mm. I went to Schefter and said... Why? Why me? He said, get, you Wait, remember, it's so always like that. Two quarterback league, meaning Mahomes and... Well, you can, yeah, you're going to have to draw a draft two quarterbacks. Oh. That's what it's going to be. Oh, there's Schefter right now. Oh, He's really? saying he likes Burrow. Okay. <laughs> tell him, tell him I. Good luck tonight. Thank you. Jim Cramer, Mad Money, 6 p.m. When we come back, two big interviews in the next hour, live from Goldman's Communicopia Conference. Don't miss the CEOs of both AT&T, John Stanky, and the chief of Paramount, Bob Backish. We're back in a moment. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.